Welcome to Face Value with me, Brock Elbank. I'm a London-based photographer who over the past decade has documented well over 500 incredible human beings from around the world for various portrait series, including beards, freckles, vitiligo, CMN, and most recently scars, with a simple aim to raise body positive and mental health awareness through my Instagram page, Mr. Elbank. This podcast, in conjunction with the Brock Elbank Foundation, goes back through my archive and has conversations with former subjects for these series to discuss their incredible journeys and inspiring stories. So please sit back, relax and enjoy. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Face Value. And for my second episode, I have the wonderful Daniel Swag, who I had the pleasure of photographing back in 2019. Daniel had a horrific car accident, which we will be going into more details now. So I'd just like to say welcome, Daniel, and thank you so much for being my second victim of the series. Well, thank you so much for having me, Brock. It's a pleasure as always. Well, it's good to see your face again, um, which obviously you can't see on a podcast, but uh, there will be photographs that we have shot together um, that we will be uh, showing at a later date. So, uh, Daniel, just to uh, give the people who are kindly going to listen into this uh, a little bit of backstory of yourself, where you're based, your age, and how we met, please. Sure. I am 42 years old, based in Boulder, Colorado. Um, we met in 2019 when I was living out in California. Um, a friend of mine... I'd reached out and said, you've got my favorite scars and you need to apply for this scars series by Brock Elbank. To which I, uh, I reached out and very quickly connected with you and a few months later flew out to London. You, you did indeed, Daniel. And I've got, I've got to say, um, people often say to me, um, how do you select... Uh, people for the series and I always say it's not a case of being right or wrong for a series um, it's more a case of having a really good cross-section of individuals and diversity is obviously the key thing but when when you sent me those ruggedly handsome selfies um, it was it was a it was a no-brainer shall we say um, and as, as you said, yeah, I mean, it all happened pretty quick, didn't it? You got over to the UK, um, in a matter of months, didn't you? Yeah, it, it happened really quick. I mean, I think, I think the eye patch was a real winner, you know? I, th I think it was the eye patch. I mean, I, I did have, uh, some level of eye patch envy, um, and I actually don't think you allowed me to even try one of your eye patches on. I kind of feel... I still feel robbed to this day. I was expecting one with a sort of embroidered bee on it and sort of silk thread, but never mind. We were, well, you I, know, I, the I, eye patch I, market is is starving. Is starving, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could do like uh, we could go into business together and do a line. So to to give people an idea of of your your injuries, um, maybe we could sort of step back before um, before the accident and just sort of tell people uh, a little bit about the lead up to what happened on that horrendous evening, if you don't sure. mind. Sure, no, I don't mind at all. Um, you know, really, in, in, in retrospect, it was... 
it was the bottom was coming. I was a pretty severe alcoholic, um, doing lots of drugs, pretty much content on the goal of drinking myself to death. So it was a pretty dark, pretty dark time. I was literally drinking from the time I woke up till I went to sleep. Um, it kind of burned all my bridges and was alone really. Um, well, I mean, what, what would you say just to jump in there, Daniel, what, what, why do you think you'd sort of got to that point in time? If you don't mind me asking, cause this is obviously the, the reason that led to your, your accident and then obviously led on to, you applying for the series and then sort of taking part. So for a lot of people with the current series with scars, some people unfortunately are born with, with a condition. Some have medical issues later in life and you had a horrendous accident, but the sort of lead up to that, I mean, what, what, what do you think sort of caused the spiral? If you don't mind me. Delving no, into no, I that. don't mind. You know, I was probably born with the debatable condition of alcoholism, which is a progressive illness. So, my my drinking had be had had progressed. Um, my as my mental health had declined, um, and I hadn't watched Leaving Las Vegas recently enough to realize that it never really goes the way you think it's going to go. Um, but you are far cooler than Nicolas Cage anyway, mate. So, I mean, I well, would say you. so. <laughs> well, I would say so. I would say so. Um, to, so, to sort of excuse the pun, fast forward a bit... Um, the evening of the the crash can you sort of um give a bit of a back or a setup to lead up to the actual crash itself because it when when you told me and dare i say sent me the post accident photographs which i can still see when i blink um uh, which i won't be posting on any page anytime soon um <laughs> If you can remember as much of the evening as possible, uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing that, please, Daniel. Sure. Uh, there was a lot of scotch, uh, a lot of beer, a lot of cocaine. And one of my co-workers was going to meet some friends and go on um, vacation, take a break. And I drove him down the mountain to do that uh, quite fast at very high speed, overcorrected in this canyon, flipped the car with an open sunroof. Thank goodness he had a seatbelt on. Um, I did not. And when we finally uh, finished flipping, he said, Dan, Dan, I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you? And I said, well, um, I can feel my skull and I'm blind in my left eye. So not, not too good. And, um, it was kind of a, uh, a lot of miracles happen happening at once. So, I mean, to be able to sort of candidly sort of say I'm I can't see out of my left eye and I can feel my skull. Um I presume you were pretty high and pretty wasted at the time of the aforementioned accident. I mean, what 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 was going through through your mind at that point in time, Dan? Because I mean, I, I know we've discussed this on more than one occasion, face to face, and oh, you know, obviously before you, you kindly travelled over from the states. I mean, did you sober up? Was it an instantaneous like, oh, right, here we go, 
something really horrendous has happened or were you still a bit not really sure i mean there's a there's a there's a clarity that that comes um there's the split second before before the wreck and then and then you kind of jump to right after and that's where that's where a certain amount of clarity comes but i was losing so much blood um i can remember seeing some neighbors i remember seeing their faces just go white and um and then i remember getting in the ambulance i was taken to three hospitals that night and then the next thing i know i'm i'm in the hospital um it's very clear to me that uh, my drinking career has probably come to an end and at one point i I'm, I'm concerned that i've i've lost all my teeth only to find out that it was just gravel in my mouth <laughs> still <laughs> so i oh, kept my not, teeth. not not laughing at, at at that just sort of uh gravel in your mouth um which you thought would just worn down br- brittle teeth well i thought they were my teeth for sure <laughs> Uh, again, uh, as as with the last episode with Bell, I'm, I'm not laughing to be this cold, callous host of sorts, but it is. Oh, I'm, if you don't laugh, you'll just cry, you know. So and that that that's key. exactly what Bell said. So, can I just ask you why did you go to three separate hospitals? Was it because of the, the severity of the injuries, or was it? I mean, what was the reasoning for that? Oh, each hospital that the first two hospitals I was taken to, basically, they were like, uh, yeah, we don't need to. We don't really know what to do with that. Oh, hold on, though. Let us take some imaging. We can bill them for later. So it was mostly. The hospitals were unable to. To help. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, what what was the time frame, Daniel, from getting in the the ambulance and then going on this sort of wild goose chase of of um pick the hospital ward so it's third uh, time lucky you'd say really third third time lucky ended up at a hospital in Santa Barbara cottage hospital amazing place where literal guardian angels in the flesh um mm. are walking about a plastic surgeon who had an office across the street took my case um one of the best he did i think you know mostly tits and ass but he got the opportunity to that's do you realize you've now just put a 15 rating on my new show there by saying tna And uh, you obviously didn't read my production notes, Mr. Swag. I can't. I do apologise profusely, uh, but he does have a, an animal sanctuary, and he is referring to a donkey. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so your plastic surgeon generally was a vet and worked with donkeys, is what you're saying, just so he can keep the rating <laughs> at, at P PG. Um, yes, that's right. So. You you arrive at hospital number three, um, and you, you're obviously saying you've lost a large amount of blood. At the start of the the episode, you'd sort of meant you'd sort of said that you were drinking yourself to death, or you'd sort of resided the fact that that's the direction you were heading in. Um, do you feel that? Being in that position, which must have been terrifying, do you feel that you start to value life all of a sudden, or were you were you indifferent? Were you like, you know, what will be will be? I, you know, I've made a rod for my own back. You know, I've made my bed. I'll sleep in it. I mean, what 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 were you sort of? I mean, this sounds like it was going on for days anyway. I mean, what what were you thinking by hospital number three? Well, I wasn't even conscious with hospital one and two. Right. And I was I was a real touch and go the first night because I had lost so much blood. 
And do you know how were, much you'd lost, Daniel? By any chance? I, I can't remember. I've got I've got over a thousand pages of medical history. Um, Which you'll be reading, Pate, back to front at the end of this podcast in the extras. <laughs> It's like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, Tolkien, Tolkien's got nothing yeah. on my uh, on my hospital pa- records. Page eight hundred and sixty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. Please carry no, on. No, that's all right. I mean, basically, I, I got to a place where i i was I was at a, a fork in the road. I I had some choices to make, and it was you know, go to an even deeper, darker place of self-pity and self-loathing or move forward with uh, a sense of humor and some gratitude. And clearly I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to expire that night. No, I think, I think gratitude is a, is a very, very good choice of word. Um, I think from our initial FaceTime meeting, which I I do with any potential subject for any series, because I just want to make sure that that it's right for them at that time. Um, because obviously you're having to travel such a long way; it's a big commitment for you. Um, you know, I work from home, so it's you know it's not as if I've I've got to jump on a plane. But that that was. First and foremost, the one thing that I really do remember um, how positive you were and how grateful you were that that you were still breathing, if nothing else. Because, um, I mean, you have sustained some pretty gnarly injuries. I mean, they're cool as all hell. You can say hell, that's about as bad as you've, you know, Swearing can get on my PG rating podcast, all right? I don't want it taken down. It's bad enough posting on Instagram, mate. So um, you get to the third hospital. You're obviously unconscious by this point. You've lost loads of blood. Um, What then? I mean, you're sort of saying that they didn't think you were going to make it through the night, that first night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then I, I pretty much I get a review of of my injuries, and basically I had what they call facial degloving. Where what what does that mean? Can you explain what that facial degloving yeah, means? It's, it's a wonderful science medical term for the skin being removed from the bone basically um right. my eye was ruptured i had um cheekbone shattered nose shattered a lot of my um sinus area bones were broken and but the doctors were they could not believe that i i I didn't experience more trauma to my brain that I wasn't a vegetable that I was doing as well as I was. Because that that's one thing I, I mean, you're a very articulate, very intelligent person. Um, I don't like spending too much time with you, Daniel, because you make me look more stupid than I even actually am, which is quite a, an achievement in itself. But you are a very intelligent, I mean, I, I remember as, discussing some politics when you came over um you are very articulate and well read i do like that about you so you've had no sort of brain trauma side effects from from the crash at all or so i have what they call if i can remember this word correctly phantasmia which is basically um sense hallucinations smell hallucinations um so what what happens with that daniel so you hallucinate I, that you can smell things and yeah and, and it's not it's not pleasant um it's basically i'm looking at my cats 
and wondering if they've gone to the bathroom where they shouldn't have. Thank you for um, saying that. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, 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 I have a lot of remorse about. If if you've got a post-it note, just say no, no swearing. Just put it over the camera, not next to the camera. Sorry, not over the camera. Um. So, so you literally are hallucinating. So the so your mind's bit having tricks played on it due to the yeah. trauma. Yeah, smell hallucinations. Um, you know, I, I I had pretty severe depression and grief and trauma and some PTSD and you know, a lot of reflecting and dealing with some vanity issues. Um, you're an extremely handsome, and this is coming from a nearly fifty-year-old heterosexual married man. I mean, you're a, you're a cool-looking dude. I mean, I personally just think that the the facial scars and the eye just add another layer of cool. Well, thank you, Brock. I appreciate that. Um, I was I was lucky that my so they they performed a skin graft. My first three surgeries were done simultaneously oh here we go phones ringing phones ringing is that your agent saying don't do the podcast with brock i've just <laughs> heard the i've just heard the first episode <laughs> well it's very exciting actually today is the premiere of an episode of a show called body parts which I got to participate in with the Learning Channel. Which we will go into later on in this episode. But that was just a, a mere teaser. Mere teaser. Let me, let me go back to the surgeries. So just, just for me to just dive in there. Um, so you've gone in for... So you've you've had the degloving. What was it? Degloving, facial degloving, facial yep. degloving. Something I've learned. Um, you've ruptured your eye. You've broken your nose. I take it. Any any of the body injuries, or was it all from the neck up? Did you? It was all. It was all from the neck up. I had like one scratch on my leg. Um, and you, I presume you weren't. We weren't wearing a seatbelt, and I wasn't when... wearing a seatbelt, and and I didn't get ejected from the sunroof, so it was pretty miraculous. I mean, it, it the fact that the passenger had his belt on. I mean, what injuries did did he? Sustained. Did he have any injuries at all, or he didn't? He didn't have a scratch on him, and you know, even though you'd rolled the car, and yeah, wow, which is a miracle. I mean, if if I had if I had hurt or God forbid killed him, I I don't think I would be here today. I don't think I would be able to live with yourself with that. No. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I mean it's that. That would be something very difficult to carry. That's for sure. Um, so when you when you got to hospital number three, I presume you were rushed into surgery. With it once they'd sort of ascertained what had actually happened to you, I suppose. Maybe so the you could first, sort of go, yeah. The first surgery, they they removed. I think it was I don't know, several ounces of gravel um, from my face, from your and teeth, then from my from my mouth. <laughs> yeah, it was all in my mouth. <laughs> if you're gonna have a crash, keep your mouth closed. This is the first yeah. safety lesson, and wear a seatbelt. A seatbelt first. <laughs> I, I, mouth, I could be a mouth post, poster child for. Seatbelts. I'm writing these down. <laughs> Seatbelt, gravel. Mouth closed. Close <laughs> your eyes. 
keep going. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Then, then they did a three surgeries where they took us. They took did a skin graft where they took a large piece of skin from my thigh. They disassembled my eye and they put um, some titanium holding my cheekbone up. That ended up being, I was under anesthesia for all three surgeries of over 12 hours. And, and after, after that, I can remember coming out of anesthesia. It was really, really wild, but, about three hours later, while I was in ICU, I I had this experience where I, I basically had this being, this kind of looked like Toth from Egypt, basically show me the fabric of my reality and all the phrase and all the areas that I needed to do work on myself. Um, it was indescribable. Um, and then I, once I was shown everything, it pinholed to black and I woke up in the ICU and the, the blanket that was on me was all disheveled. And it took me about 20 minutes to um, realize I wasn't in some kind of twilight zone, negative feedback loop. Wow, that episode pretty intense. So it was pretty wild. When you when you came round, Daniel. I mean, obviously, I mean, I've had several surgeries where you're completely under, and when you initially wake up, you you don't know what day it is. You you're all over the place. When when you came round and there was a little bit of clarity. I mean, what, what was the initial, what, what did the staff share with you? Were you just confused? I mean, what, it's pretty intense experience. I mean, how, how was that very early impact of finding out what had happened and, and sort of digesting that? Um, Well, I'd been, I'd been like going on walks in the hospital before, before those three surgeries. And I have to admit, I'd like walk outside and smoke cigarettes and, and my surgeon got really upset with me and he's like, you can't, you can't, can't be smoking. He's like, if, if this graft doesn't take, we're going to have to do it again. So when I was coming out of anesthesia, I can still remember vividly, like, I felt like I was in a whirlpool of water. I couldn't see, but I could hear them. And and they were, like, talking me through it. And I was like, Dr. Schooler is really upset with me because I've been smoking. And they were like, no, no, he's not upset with you. Um, you know, but I, I really refer to anesthesia as time travel. I've... I've had so many trips. I also, you know, maybe with slight dark humor, I refer to them as my Michael Jackson naps. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I understand the appeal. <laughs> oh, <God>. oh, so, <laughs> so just for, for people who are listening into this, Daniel, how, to date, I mean, what what date was the accident? November twelfth, twenty seventeen. Okay, and today, obviously, being the thirteenth of April, twenty twenty two. How many procedures have you now had? Somewhere in somewhere around, probably fifteen. I I kind of lost count. Um, probably around 12. I actually just saw my eye surgeon yesterday and I've got two more 
surgeries that are going to be going into the books. Okay. So I'm not even finished yet. I've got a, I've got an ENT because basically I, with my sinuses, I've had a lot of, a lot of problems. I'm missing bone and they're going to do a little bit more work on my graft and, so it's it's not even over yet. But when I mean that those sort of early surgeries, um, I mean I did joke. Well, I mean you did actually send me the post accident photos. Um, I mean I thought you were sending me the post operation photos, but but with Daniel's twisted sense of humor for some reason thought that he would haunt me forever um and it made me realize that that's why i never went into the med- medical field um because you you're i won't go into too much graphic detail but your left side of your head literally looked like mincemeat uh, it's the only way i can describe it um I mean, you do joke about things, and I think it. I mean, I do believe having a. I mean, I've got a very dark sense of humour myself, so I think that's probably why we get on so well. Um, but I mean, how much time did have you over the past sort of five years been, or four and a half years been in hospital? How much time in recovery time with all of that? Um. Uh... Initially, it was almost a month and probably five surgeries. Um, and, ha- and how was that? Because... Well, it was a great hospital, as I said before. And, you know, I had really, really great doctors, really amazing nurses. Um, they they put me in a room right outside the nursing station. Even when I came back for surgeries, they would put me in the same floor in the same room with the same nurses. Um, which is really incredible. I had a number of different doctors and surgeons and not all of them were the, the most positive they were actually trying to save my eye for a few years i think i honestly i think i was a research subject um i had a, some surgeries at ucla and beverly hills and they literally asked me if i was research and then put identification on my ankle i'm like oh my god I may as well put it on my toe <laughs> um but i mean how how was how was that daniel because when i spoke with bell last last episode one thing i'm i mean it's just probably my uh, naivety doing this as this is only our second episode is that we didn't mention she actually had a cast made of her skull so the surgeons could practice on the model first because they were doing such groundbreaking procedures. And if you're in Beverly Hills with plastic surgeons and you're sort of saying you've got this identity bracelet going around your ankle, um, I mean, they're obviously trying out new ways of doing stuff. I mean, I think surgeons that they're artists aren't they they're trying to perfect medicine and plastic surgery but i presume it's it's a it's a practice right (laughs) yeah it's it's practice makes perfect it's, it's, it's always a practice um funny story i got really popular in the ophthalmology circles because i had a uh at the farm I was managing, I had a bunch of rescue goats, sheep, pigs, and and I noticed that I had a bunch of baby goats getting out, getting into the food, and I went to, to go get them out of this little food storage area. 
And one of them reared its horn into my eye. I'm like, well, there's the, there's the, the eye that they're trying to save. I'm like, well, there's the end wow. of that. And, uh, so the ghost actually sort of finished it off. Well, funny story. I had the day before they had just told me I developed glaucoma in that eye and my eye pressure was really, really high. I ended up going to see one of, one of the doctors and the, who worked with my retina doctor and we get there early in the morning and, um, he's like, first of all, uh, your doctor has been doing this for a long time and he's never had a patient with more severe injuries, but you know, let's look at your eye. End of the day, the goat reduced my pressure by 20 points. (laughs) (laughs) So, so the, another lesson or tip from Daniel is, um, put your seatbelt on, close your mouth whilst you're driving and if you've got high pressure in your eye, go and see a man about a goat. Yep. And or wear glasses. I hope I hope the listeners are making notes here because I'm learning stuff as we're going along and we've had many conversations. <laughs> um, so when, when you came over, um, just fast forward a little bit for your... Um, for your series, you brought, you'd recently had a prosthetic eye that was incredible, I have to say, um, which obviously mirrors your, the eye you still have. Um, And we did a, I think it kind of got more twisted as the shoot went on. We sort of started out being very tasteful um, and then Daniel decided he wanted to have a photograph taken with the the prosthetic eye in his mouth whilst wearing his eye patch. So it was sort of a Jack Sparrow kind of thing, I suppose. Now, I'm very fortunate and very privileged that a lot of artists feel compelled to want to illustrate a lot of the work and the collaborations that I do with the subjects. That image of of Daniel with the prosthetic eye in, in his mouth ended up as a 12-foot square piece of graffiti in Germany, <laughs> amongst other things. I think it was actually in Dr- Dridali's hometown and in Spain, if I'm not wrong. Maybe there's two. I'm sure there's one in Germany as well. I may be wrong, though. I, I generally wrong. am we, wrong. Let's let's both be right about being wrong. But I will... Um, again, I haven't read the production notes. I'm reading next week's production notes. Um, but it is literally a 12-foot square... It's an incredible piece of work. This guy's done a couple of um, couple of my images, but that that image, I, I am going to lead with that on your episode because I absolutely love that because I think it really sort of encapsulates your your energy. I think you know you sort of say about struggling with depression and and you know as as I have done my myself. At times, you know, the last few years, I think for most people have been extremely challenging. But you do have a real sort of, dare I say, a twinkle in your eye. I mean, that's a horrible pun from me there. But you, you, you sort of do. Um, yeah, I, I just think you know that the series of images we did um, really does reflect that. Um, and you did have an amazing response from the images as well. Um, and we even did a, the, the full nude, obviously tastefully covered areas to show your very impressive skin grafts on your left thigh. Right. I mean, it lo- almost looked like you were in a wall for a free kick 
at a soccer match, as you would say. I mean, I would say football <laughs> from across the yeah, pond. Yeah, it actually did look like that. <laughs> um, yeah, the response was incredible. Um, the whole process of being a part of the Scars Portrait series was incredible. Um, being able to connect with with the other participants. Um, I think I know, think that's something that I that's that's a really valid point you've just said there. Is that I, what I really enjoy is how sort of previous subjects all intertwine and connect um, and then individually or independently you're having conversations and you know building bridges and friendships with these people who may have completely di- have had different experiences or injuries but you have that common strand that you've gone through some major trauma which I think from a sort of emotional point of view is always very very similar um so i think it is great to sort of see who you now follow on instagram and vice versa but you did have an amazing response um you know this ruggedly handsome pirate as as i think someone commented I mean that that's just the clean ones. Obviously we've got a PG rating on this, so we need to keep <laughs> we need to keep it clean. Um now to sort of sort of the last couple of years. Um you obviously mentioned a goat that reduced the pressure in your eye. <laughs> Uh, PhD. I'm trying to think of a horrendous goat doctor gag, but I can't think of anything offhand. Um, tell tell people now what you've set up over the last few years, because this is something that I thoroughly love following on Instagram. It's a very worthwhile thing. So maybe share a few things about that, please, Daniel. Sure. So. I'll I'll lead into it with this. A year after my wreck, I got hit by a drunk driver, an uninsured drunk driver, and further injured. I injured my back, my L four, L five. I got to a point where I, I couldn't I couldn't work. I was in chronic pain, chronic depression. Um, ended up having to move in with my mother through a big, big, big pity party, and and. Until, until I basically just had to, I had to ask myself some really important questions, like what do I, what do I want to do, and what matters to me. And I, and I started thinking back to how these rescue animals were the highlight of my day, and how they helped me process grief and trauma. And decided that I wanted to be able to to pay that back, to pay that forward, to to be able to help animals and people. And and I founded a nonprofit called New Earth Sanctuary. Um, in June, twenty twenty, I moved back to Colorado, where I was born and raised. Um, realized that you know if I really if I really want to be the change that I want to see, I need to, I need to water some roots because I'd been kind of uh, a vagabond moving all over from all over the country, living in Mexico, which is fine and good and fun. But I I realized I needed to go back to uh, where I've got family and and, um, friends and, and really water those roots. And we now have, four elderly horses, three elderly goats, and one spry rooster named Old Salty. And so <laughs> old, old Salty. So I mean back to the pirate thing again, mate. I mean this pirate theme is just I, I I'm I'm too scared to ask why he's called Old Salty. Uh, he's just, he's, he's just got, he's just got a grouchiness about him that 
that elicited the name. Actually, the, the gentleman who rescued him, he was found off a trailhead, all dehydrated. Oftentimes, people will just dump roosters. Uh, many times because they're not allowed for municipal municipal codes, what have you. So he was the last, he was the most recent of our rescues. And, and he's doing very well now. He and Patrick, the goat, have quite the bond. Do, they, do these, do you name these animals, Daniel, or do they... I mean, are oh, they? How, how do you are you contacted by people and they they say there's a a horse that's in need of a home or, or how how does what's the process or is it different every time? It's different every time. Um, you know, some animals just need two of our horses are elderly bonded boys and their owner wanted the best for them, didn't want them split up. And so they're Luke and Scout. Uh, then we've got two girls, Lucy and Truly. Lucy was rescued from a slaughter auction. She used to be a brood mare. And when she stopped producing, uh, she was brought to auction to just be sold and turned into dog food. Um, so one of our advisors rescued her. Just to dive in there, if I'd been born a girl, I was going to be called Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Named after a horse. <laughs> um, a horse, of course. So going back to... Just before you sort of, when you were living with your mum, you've gone through all this trauma. You've, by this time, been sober for several years. Um, To just delve into that just very briefly, how um, was giving up alcohol something that just, it was, a natural thing you just got to a point where you sort of thought that's it i've got if i don't do this i'm gonna there, w- there won't be another chance um you know moving in with your mum and just sort of i, I, pres- I pres- suppose just sort of resetting the clock and and putting your cards on the table and seeing how to move forward H- how was that because i mean that that doing that in your late 30s um, in itself, it must be quite a challenge. How, how was all of that? Well, let's see. I'm I'm really hard headed, um, but I got it cracked open, and I guess you could say the wheels came off. Um, I like the pun. You're trying to out pun me, aren't you? <laughs> uh, that said, I am stubborn. Yes, I. I quit drinking, but I held on to, I like to say, alcohol's friends. Um, I continued to smoke weed, and, and I rationalized it quite easily. I was like, you know, you, you rip your face off and, and uh, not, smoke, not smoke weed. But For medicinal purposes, obviously. Oh, right, obvi- for sure. But I, I basically, for me, pain is the greatest motivation to change. And I have a really high tolerance for it. And it wasn't, it would take, it would take years for me to really, really surrender to the fact that I can't have anything that affects me from the neck up. Um, because you don't have control over it you spiral out of control you enjoy it too much you need you sort of need to stay on the narrow path so so to speak yeah i've got to stay on the narrow path and i mean what what would you say the i mean i I think uh there's obviously a lot of benefits for you being sober um would you say your life now um injuries aside daniel would you say it's 
better being sober post-accident than it was, say, three years before the accident? A hundred percent. So much better. I mean, my life towards the end before the wreck had 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 become one that was hopeless and alone, without community, without purpose. And and today I I do have purpose. I have hope. I have community. And and a horse I, called I, Lucy, if nothing else. And a horse and a horse called Lucy. I think we'll need to also get a photo of Lucy um, for for the podcast. With oh, I'll send you a picture of Lucy and I for the podcast. Well, that's very that's very kind of you. Thank you for that. Um, with you were saying that you've got two further surgeries booked in. Um, does this mean that you have to go back to? the original hospital are you having it done in colorado is it the same surgeon uh what what's the process for that daniel well it's it's really interesting i for whatever reason i really in the beginning i felt like i had to recover alone by myself like an animal or something um why was that I don't know. It's like this primal instinct that like, I need to do this by myself, even though I had friends and people who are like, come to Colorado. There's, it's, it's kind of strange. I don't know if it's a, um, a genetic thing, but, uh, so I finally came out to Colorado. They have wonderful doctors here. So all that is to say, um, I've got some some great surgeons that work together, and I had I had a couple surgeries last year. I'll have a few more this year. And what? So um, you were saying one of them's to improve the skin graft on your forehead? Did you say was one of the pr- procedures? Yeah, so I think they're gonna they're gonna kind of try to debulk it a little more and, and, and kind of transition the scar lines. I told them not to mess with my facial scar lines. I'm like, I earn those. We'll leave those. No, they're, they and are. they're cool as all hell. I mean, if, if they got, I mean, <laughs> everyone's going to think that I've photo, they've all been photoshopped out next time you come and visit me. They need, I need to have yeah. something to work with here. That, that's right. That's right. So um, those so those surgeries that you've got planned, Daniel, are they how long do you need to be in hospital for that and what's the sort of recovery time? Because it must must be quite taxing on I mean, you know, you you're hardly an old man. Um but I think once you hit your forties recovery time for any kind of injury feels a lot more than it did maybe when you were 20 or so so if you're going for a procedure what's the recovery time for something of that nature i mean most of my procedures in the last few years it's pretty much in and out Uh, i don't even stay i don't even stay the night really um yeah wow and then how long are you sort of in recovery or healing from that then now compared to oh, few, the compared few, to the early days really is a that few all days. yeah i mean i in california i would literally drive myself out of the hospital which is like so bad i mean i i was what? so on my own yeah <laughs> in, an, like my in a stolen ambulance in a gown it's <laughs> <laughs> like a jason statham film or something um so though you're early so now uh, i have now i have people take me to the hospital and drive me home it's much better. Uh, yeah, our sponsors this week are uber <laughs> just get them <laughs> You got to aim high. You've got to aim high, Daniel. So the early surgeries. You said you spent a month in the hospital from the accident. Um, 
when you came out th- from there, what what was that like? Where where were you staying? Were you just back at your old apartment? Were you living with? Did you have to live with people because you were in a bad way, like physically, or I mean, what 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 happened? Shoot, Mike, I'm having some connection stuff. Let me. Don't Check don't worry it. about that. Uh, your audio your audio will be fine. Okay. It's fine. okay. Um It was really dark when I got out of the hospital. I on the farm I worked at, I literally had just an RV camper and there was a couple farms we we worked and I stayed for maybe a week with a another friend who worked on the farm in a trailer, like in a, it was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty awful. I was pretty upset about leaving the hospital (laughs) to be honest. Um, the preceding six months got, got pretty dark. But was that because you were spending, I mean, I mean, I, my head's a, a very busy place at the best of times, Daniel. But I mean, if you're sitting there reflecting back, what if I, if only I'd done this, if I hadn't have done that, is that the sort of path that you were sort of going down at that time? Would you say? Well, definitely. Um. Yeah, a lot of reflection, a lot of, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame. And what what's, uh, I mean, I, I I see it's this very upbeat. I mean, we have become pretty good friends over the last few years, um, and I think that's why we can sort of speak so candidly and honestly, because um, we do speak very often. What what changed because i think if you if you have something horrific happen that you have played uh, you know a role in that that thing happening to you yourself what made you go right i've got to i've got to go forward here i have to grab the ball by or the goat by the horns there you go we'll throw that one in there um Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, if you're in this really dark place for a long time, what what brought you out of that? What was the moment where you just thought, I've got to change, something's got to change? What was it? Um, literally, it would come, it would come as I was staying at my mother's. I I got to such a low point that I became I became sick of myself and I became I became willing to do anything to reduce the noise between my ears so for me that looked like journaling meditating praying to something and and walking and and just just trying to do something different. Um. So anybody that's listening to this or someone listening to this knows someone that's gone through, had a similar path to yourself, Daniel. I mean, what, what would your advice, because, I mean, this is the whole point of this podcast is people learning listening you know being inspired by what your your words not my words i mean i'm i'm just the middleman here um anyone that's kind of come out of being an alcoholic or or someone that's you know overcome that overcome all of these massive hurdles and someone who's so positive now um what would your advice be to people that have gone through something recently Similar to yourself. Um, I guess my advice would be 
stay stay grateful, stay humble, and get into service of of others. That's um, where the relief has come for me is when I stop thinking about myself so much and find ways to be of service to other people or animals. Um, being able to to use our own experience to to help others that's that's really where where the relief and joy and purpose and gratitude have come into my life um well i think that is as i look at my clock i think that is a very good poignant positive note to end on my dear friend Daniel Swag, thank you so much for being my second, dare I say, guinea pig slash victim of my podcast of face value. So if you like what we've you've heard today and in episode one, please uh, subscribe on all the various channels. Daniel, I'm going to press stop now on my record. Hopefully I've recorded it. Um, and thank you so much for doing today. Thank you so much, Brock. Always a pleasure. <laughs>